I will give myself time, like from when the ball goes in and when I give the ball to the ref and like when, by the time the ball gets like the 50, I'm thinking about what I did wrong, what I could have done better. And then by the time it's there, I'm just like, okay, next play, next shot, next save. I got it. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon. This is a show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, my job is to interview the best goalies in our sport, find out what makes them so great. What are the stories they can tell us, the mindsets that they have, the drills that they do, everything in their path to where they've gotten in their lacrosse goalie career. And hopefully with each episode, you can take out a thing or two and apply it to your own game. My guest on the show this week is Drexel all-American goalie Jenica Kuoko. Jenica coming out of New York, red shirt sophomore. Like I mentioned, she was an honorable mention All-American last year. CAA goalie and rookie of the year. CAA first team and all-rookie team. Philadelphia Inquirer academic all-area all performer of the year. Defensive player of the week a bunch of times. Great season for the red shirt freshman last year season and she'll look to do it again but in the meantime she joins the lax goalie rap podcast to talk about her journey as a lacrosse goalie and how she's ended up to where she's at right now so ladies and gentlemen please enjoy my conversation with jenica kuoko before we begin this episode i want to read a word from our sponsor and that is my own, Lax Goalie Rat Academy. If you're looking to level up your youth's lacrosse goalie game with the best coaches in this sport, the best training tools, and the best goalie community, that's what the Lax Goalie Rat Academy is all about. It's virtual training tools that's going to give your young goalie the confidence to be great so they can go out there, play well, and make you that proud goalie mom or proud goalie dad. There's over 130 hours of content on different areas like drills, techniques, the mental game, lacrosse IQ, offense, defense, how to, how to play one-on-one uh, -on -one defense. There are stringing tutorials, and there's even sessions on <clears throat> how to coach goalies along with physical training. Everything you need to level up your youth lacrosse goalie game from the best coaches out there, PLL, Athletes Unlimited Coaches, Myself, Coach Damon Wilson, put a ton of effort into this academy. I think it's an amazing training resource. You can join for just 40 bucks a month, Netflix model. So you come in, 40 bucks for your first month. Stay as long as you want. Cancel any time. We also do live coaching sessions, or I should say I do live coaching sessions about once a month. So you can join those, ask me questions, or really just connect with any number of lacrosse goalie moms, dads, or youth goalies out there. To join, go to laxgoalyrat.com slash camp, C-A-M-P, laxgoalyrat.com slash C-A-M-P, camp, and you can get started for just 40 bucks for your very first month. laxgoalyrat.com slash camp. Hope to see you there. Take care. Pleasure to welcome to the podcast, we got an all-American goalie, Jenica Kuoko. Jenica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Well, I always start by um, by asking uh, the goalie or the guest for the story of when they first jumped into goal. You remember that? Yeah. So oddly enough, I started as a field player, but like never, ever had the intention of ever playing goalie until I started playing. And I was like, there was already two goalies on the team. So I was like, I'm never really going to get my chance. And then the other goalie decided to switch teams and there was an opening. And I was like telling my mom, I'm like, I'm so excited. Like, let's do this. Like, I feel like I could really be great at this. And then my mom sent the email. And ever since then, I've just been playing goalie. Why did you feel like you could be great at goalie? Okay, well, it's a little different because I was definitely a little chunkier when I was younger. And I was like, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if this running thing's really for me on the field. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I think I, my skills would be better fit for a goalie and it just worked out. So it was the running. Cause I have this theory that a lot of goal, like you only become a goalie for like one of like a very few select reasons. Yeah. And one of them is that you don't like the running. And if I'm being honest, Jenica, that was like, that was me. Like the running, the running yeah. sucked. <laughs> it definitely does. And you know, I thought like, Oh, like that'll get me out of all the running. It definitely did not, but it's not as much. Right. It doesn't get you out of all the running, but it gets you out of a lot because there's certainly a lot of drills where like the field players are running up and down the field and you as the goalie are like just being a goalie in that drill. And you're like, this is nice. I'm definitely like, wow, I'm grateful for this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, very cool. So you switched to goalie. And then is it like, like, were you great at it? Did you have success uh, right out of the shoot? Yeah, it kind of just came natural for me. Like I never had to like, really figure out like where my form was like I just it just came natural and then of course like with more work with my goalie coach and you know watching more of like goalie wise like I picked up on things but it did definitely come naturally to me yeah and how did you learn I'm always curious about the journey there because um I mean you grew up in in Long Island right on Long Island and so Mm -hmm. kind of a hotbed I guess there's a lot of folks who know what they're doing but I'm curious like how you went about how you went about learning um so there were a couple goalies like ahead of me um like for varsity um that ended up playing in college um and I think just really like not training with them but just watching them and always like almost being under them and literally just like picking up on everything they did like I would just write notes and I would just watch them constantly um and just try to like mimic and then I just it all came together once I went into that yeah, that's interesting. That's how I learned too, because I I, mm-hmm. I I played in 1999, so like you know this is before any like the internet stuff was going on, and mm-hmm. I just watched the goalie in front of me, right, and sort of mimicked what he did. Yeah. His his style was my style, um, and yeah. now you know now there's just so much uh, resources available that um, you can really like even if you live somewhere else, you can kind of oh I can watch Jenica play on ESPN, right? So <laughs> uh, it's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, so, but you mentioned varsity, so that's high school, right? Yeah, that's what you're talking about. So, what, like, what, mm-hmm. at what age did you start playing goalie? Um, so I started playing lacrosse in third, and then I guess I kind of at the end, like summer going into fourth grade. Okay. Um, that's when I started playing like goalie. Gotcha. And how would you describe like your style? Your style now. I mean, I've watched you play um, Drexel games. You know, very athletic mm-hmm. goalie. Uh, which is awesome. Like those are my, those are my favorite types, but how would you describe like how you play? Um, I feel like I play like a flatter on a flatter kind of arc. Um, I don't, I was always like the shorter goalie. So I never really came all the way out on like, like in close shots, like they would just get dumped over my head. Um, So I think like that just was always my stance. Like my stance was always just to be tall and look tall. So once I grew finally, which was like, I think it was like my junior year of high school. Like I just stayed with my like tall stance and that's been working for me. And then also I don't really rely too much on my stick. Like I am really always on the ground and I like just rely on getting my body behind the ball. Um, And like, I feel that I step at a 45 um, just to get up and out at the ball. Um, Just to make sure like if the rebound does come out, I'm in front of it and it's not going anywhere behind me. Yeah. When you talk about getting your body behind the ball, like especially on those low shots, like a lot of some people call that flopping, right? Like just like going down and getting mm-hmm. anything, anything you can behind yeah. it. What do you say to a young goalie who like watches you play and they're like, oh, I want to do that? Um, I think it, it definitely was a trial and error. Like I did flop at the beginning and those goals would sneak by and I just was like, what the heck? Like this isn't working for me. Um, but I think it's a mix of getting your stick there as, as well and just not forgetting that that is also a very useful tool in making that save. So I think it's just, it's, your body has to be cohesive. Like everything has to move at once to the ball and just like making sure that your movement is effective and not just throwing yourself on the ground. Yeah, that's a good point. As, yeah, a lot of goalies ask me, like, how do I do that? And I typically say like, cause, cause I learned to make low saves on my, like staying on my feet. And I typically say mm-hmm. like, start there. Cause I, it, I think it's a little bit easier, like, like going to the, to the ground, certainly more of an advanced move, I think. And so like, you got to kind of build up. 
I wasn't always like that. I did yeah. use my stick. And then um, I had a couple lessons with um, Lauren Daly. She played at BC. Um, and uh, she definitely played the style more than I play now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I really picked up on those techniques of getting my whole body to the ground. And I found that that worked better for me than just relying on my stick. Awesome. So Lauren Daly is a goalie you learn from. Who are some other goalies that, you know, as you're growing up, you're, you're watching play and kind of stealing little moves from, from their game? Um, definitely Kaylee Waters was like the first yeah. goalie like I ever really watched, um, especially on like Team USA. Um, and I, I think that we have a similar playing style as well as like Taylor Moreno. She likes to stay a little taller up um, and she'll, she's not afraid to get down on the ground and make those saves. So I think, that's very similar in our playing styles as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kaylee's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've had her on the podcast and she's presented at some of the events and yeah, she's just, she's just all about lacrosse and lacrosse goalies and pumping up the position. Uh, so she's yeah. good, as, as is Taylor as well. So good, good picks. She's good. They're, picks both, right they're there. both super athletic as well. They're both super athletic as well. So yeah. that was always like, they they contribute more than just making saves. Like they're on the clear, they're pushing fast breaks. So it's like that's like that's always what I wanted to be. Love it. Um, and I know Taylor is. I don't know about Kate. Both both Long Island girls. I know Taylor's from Long Island. Uh, I'm not really too sure. I don't think Kaylee Waters is, but I definitely know that Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your favorite part about being a lacrosse goalie, Jenica? Um. I think I would say just like the satisfaction of like making the save, like, you know, when you're just like having a good game and you feel hot and you feel like you can like literally save anything like that is just like one of the best feelings, like your adrenaline's high, like you feel like you're unstoppable, like that is definitely like the best. And then like after the game, just knowing that you like absolutely owned every shot and like praises after like that's definitely the best part. Yeah, I do know that feeling. Um, Fortunately, fortunately, I was not a D1 All-American. So maybe I don't know it as well, as well as you, but, but I've certainly had games like that where, uh, you know, you just see in those beach balls, right. And you're just so locked in mm-hmm. and you're just so present and just having fun. And then at the end of the game, I, I don't know how it was for you. Like in the game, they'd be like, man, you played so well. And it was kind of like, Oh yeah, I guess I did kind of like looking back on it, but you're not even thinking about it in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's definitely like the best part. I feel like just like knowing that you, Knowing that you played good, but then also being told like that someone else recognized it, that's also really helpful. Yeah. And then on the flip end, what's your least favorite part about being a goalie? There's not much, but it's definitely like the mental aspect of the position. Mm, yeah. um, I feel like a lot of goalies will like resonate with that. Um, sometimes a position does make you feel kind of alone or just like you have like all the pressures in the world like on your back or like on your shoulders like you just feel like no matter if it's a loss like you just feel like it's on you um or like you just think immediately like what you could have done better um and I just that over the years like I've I've learned techniques of like um what works for me and like getting over that but um I think that's definitely like the hardest part of the position yeah for sure for sure like there's a lot of we have the spotlight on us. Right. And so <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure. And so, and for many goalies um, who are not accustomed to that pressure, it can be very, very difficult. And you give up a goal and you feel like you're letting the team down. Um, I would love to hear your, the techniques that did work for you for managing that, because I know, like you said, a lot of goalies have gone through that. And I'm sure, you know, by hearing what worked for you to, to help you through that situation might work for them. Um, I think, it didn't come very easily, but, um, with a lot of work, um, it did help to know that there's other, there's other players on the field has to get through with those other players to get to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not just all on you. I mean, attack the attack, the offense is supposed to score. I mean, the odds are against you. And I think just knowing that if you can just do your best, um, and any save really is, doing more than what anyone really is expecting you to make the mm-hmm. save or do. So um, I think just remembering those things and then also having like a short-term memory um, and just like thinking like I, I will give myself time, like from when the ball goes in and when I give the ball to the ref and like when, by the time the ball gets like the 50, I'm thinking about 
what I did wrong, what I could have done better. And then by the time it's there, I'm just like, okay, next play, next shot, next save. I got it. Yeah. And that seems to help. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, especially um, in the women's game, right? Because the shots that you guys see are just like right on top of you. I mean, there's, you know, compared to compared to the men's game. And, and many yeah. times it's so much about like, you know, being very goalie, so much about just making like one or two really key pivotal saves. Um, mm-hmm. you, you look at the national championship game, like Mario Liberty had three saves, three, right? Yeah. And like, and yet you still like, she played great because like the saves were like mm-hmm. when the game, the game was zero to zero and they were really amazing saves. And, and so, you know, it just goes to show like you can't always look at that like final save percentage or final number of goals given up and, and judge your performance simply based right. on that um all right cool well i like that thank you for sharing that because yeah you're right it's not it's not easy to, to to do and i'm sure it's like you don't just hear that one one phrase or one thing we just talked about and be like cool got it now it's something that like you constantly got to work on right yeah definitely definitely did take me a while to finally realize that it's not all on me yeah. Um, do you, do you feel that, like you got it now or, or is it still one of those things that like you, you, you're, you're working with, you're working on? Uh, definitely some stuff I'm still working with. Um, you know, I think it's easier said than done. Like I would love to just go in the game and not be hard on myself and not feel like I'm letting down my team or in some way or form um, by not making a save. But I think just having those concrete things that I know works and relying back on them really helps when like things are tough and like things aren't always going our way I think that's always helpful for me yeah and so you mentioned sort of a a little bit of a routine that you go through when you give up a goal talk to me talk to me about that so ball goes over your shoulders you know what's what's your what's your routine um I think just like immediately like getting up and then getting the ball out I don't really think that like getting upset in that moment is really like too helpful to your teammates, to yourself. Um, just like immediately getting the ball out, toss the ball, go in our huddle, like our defensive huddle, you know, say what I think could have happened. Um, you know, I always do take that on me. I'm like, that's my fault. Like, let's do better. Um, I definitely don't believe in like pointing fingers at my defenders. I don't think that's helpful to anybody. Um, especially like if I do make a mistake, like I don't want that being pointed at me either. And I already know the mistake and most times they do too. So there's no really point in getting down on them. Um, and then we break out the huddle ball gets the 50 and I'm like, okay, it happens. A goal is going to go in. Um, can't do anything about it now. Just all I can do is focus on, um, the next play. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, Talk to me a little bit about your recruiting experience. Um, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear that. A lot of a lot of young goalies, you know, want to play Division One lacrosse, which is where you're where you're at now. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your recruiting story, if you can share that. Um, so September first came around, um, and I had a couple of schools that I've been like visiting, um, like through their camps, um, and had a real like interest in them. So I knew, that hopefully, um, September first that I get an email from them. Um, and I, I did with a couple of them and I had a good amount of schools, um, some that I didn't even know about Drexel being one of them. Um, and my mom was huge on, you have to visit every school, no matter if you know about them, if you have an interest in them, you have to visit every school. Mm. And she did. And I did. Um, and I think it was really useful because even if I didn't have interest in the school necessarily, I figured out what I wanted in that next school that I visited or in what my dream school, I figured out what I did like and what I didn't like and how I would like the team to be and what school like setting was best for me or if the classroom was too big. So really just making sure I see every school that was, that was really helpful. Um, As soon as I got to Drexel, um, I realized that like, that was where I wanted to be. The team was such a family environment and that was exactly what I was looking for. All the girls just wanted the best for each other. Um, and it wasn't really like that catty, um, like not happy fake with each other. That mm-hmm. was just like so big on what I was looking for. Like basically everyone had a role on the team. Um, and by being able to see every school, that's when I knew when I got to Drexel, like that's what I wanted. Interesting. Regarding that team, that teamwork that you just mentioned, how 
like, how did you know that? Is, is there a story that comes to mind or, or a specific moment where like you realized, oh, like this is how this is, or I'm curious how you discern that like from, from your visit. Um, I, th- I've just always been on a team where we always wanted the best for each other. Um, so I think that was just like always what I was looking for when I was in my recruiting process. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think it was anything like an experience wise. I just felt like that w- would be best suited for me. Yeah. Um, uh, and I just feel like I do best in an environment where, you know, you can push each other like a healthy competition. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're family. Yeah. And you saw that, you saw that amongst the girls as you, and maybe not so much on the other visits with the, with other teams. Yeah. 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 You could definitely, there was a true tell once I got to um, Drexel, how, how much they all really cared for each other. Interesting. Would you, what advice would you give the younger self if he had to go through it all again? Uh, enjoy every moment. It does feel stressful in the moment. Um, but looking back at it now, like I wish I would have had more fun and not put so much pressure on, oh my God, this is a school. Like, what if I make the wrong decision? Because you'll know at the end of the day, you will know once you get to that school that you ch- truly do love um, that it's the right choice for you. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, the, the, you know, with the transfer situation, it's not like the end of the world too. If you make the wrong decision, no. right? I mean, like Mm-mm, not a lot, at all. a lot of people have transferred into, into much better situations. And, and I, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. So yeah, great, great. And so have, enjoy it, right? Have fun with it and don't get too stressed out. Yeah. Tips. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. Cause it really is an exciting moment. Yeah. You said something um, that, that was, I want to understand. So you had been going to sort of recruiting camps, right? Not necessarily yeah. like, tied to a school. And like, then someone, a Drexel coach saw you at one of those recruiting camps and you hadn't even like contacted the coaches previously. They, they reached out to you. No. Right? Yeah. So that summer going into September 1st, um, I played with yellow jackets. So I did a lot of travel tournaments, but mm. um, when I wasn't at those tournaments, I was going to camps and where other coaches would be. Um, and they, did happen to see me at one of my summer tournaments. Um, and I had no clue uh, ah, that Drexel yeah. even existed. Um, but now I'm glad that I did find out, but um, yeah, <laughs> I had no clue. I had no clue uh, that this place even existed. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to Drexel. Um, how does your goalie game then evolve or change if at all? Um, so I came in my freshman year um, with Zoe Bennett. Um, she ended up taking her fifth year um, and returning. So that was something that I've spoken about um, with the previous coach before I got there. But um, that wasn't something that was like planned, like that I definitely knew. But once I got there, um, I did end up redshirting. Um, and at first, you know, it was unexpected. Like that was not what I saw or I had in store for myself, um, retro in my freshman year. But now looking back at it, like that was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made. Like Zoe Bennett is great. Um, and I learned so much from her and, you know, redshirting let me adjust to the game and I think allowed me to prepare and, and always on and off the field, um, to be able to start um, my sophomore year. Yeah. What are some things in particular that you learned from Zoe? Um, so she also uh, like went through the same experience with her mental aspect or mental side of the game. Um, and she was like my biggest supporter um, with just short-term memory and like forgetting about the next shot and like always supporting me when I felt like I wasn't doing my best. And, you know, she would just be like, you're doing great. Like keep Mm -hmm. going. But then also like her communication with the team was also great. Like she was a very vocal goalie, um, constantly talking. The defense was responding well as always as well. So, um, I think those are things that I picked up on. And then also she was an athletic goalie, you know, she'd come out during the clear and help with that. Um, so that was just another thing that I knew I wanted to put into my game. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. I mean, none of that involves like making saves, which I'm sure you probably learned 
a lot from her, just what, you know, in terms of the technical aspects of yeah. how she played, but like all those other things you pick up from, you know, the communication mm-hmm. and, and, the t- and the, and the leadership and the, and the, you know, what to say yeah, to because, somebody, right? Yeah. Because I mean, it's not always just about the save. It's the things that come before the save. Um, and I think with communication um, to your defense, I mean, that limits your, the shots that are happening. So, which makes right. your job even easier. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I think I read, you know, as a freshman, a redshirt freshman, you you, ju- you jumped in the scout team or, or and played left-handed. Yeah. Uh, so it was for our uh, CAA tournament. Uh, we were playing Towson, um, and they had a lefty goalie at the time. And um, I I was a redshirt, so I just knew my job as on the scout team was to just best prepare my team as as much as I could. Um, and yeah, I had to go lefty. It was definitely a different experience than what I'm used to. Um, but (laughs) I, it was a good change of pace. You know, I liked the challenge. Um, and I, at that time, uh, our AD was at practice and he told my coach, um, you know, she's really off position. And she was like, nope, uh, she's playing lefty right now. That's not her hand that she plays in. And he goes, oh, well then she's, she's in the right position then. So, um, so it was just, it was something new and I, I, I didn't mind it. I, I knew that my job was to just best prepare my team. Yeah. And I mean, do you feel like it helped your game or no? Um, when you switch back, I mean, I don't, uh, no, no, not really. No. I, didn't, right. I didn't see anything. I mean, I played exactly the same. I felt even maybe I did when I was in my left hand, use my body even more. So I right. guess being aggressive towards the ball, I would say yeah. that that maybe helped. It's, it's interesting because like it, I don't know if you played like baseball or softball at all growing up, but like you put your glove as a righty on your left hand. Right. And mm-hmm. like you, and like that's sort of the natural way to like, yeah. and, and, and it's kind of when you think about making a save, it's kind of like having a glove on your hand because your top hand goes straight to the ball and you catch it. Yep. Um, and so I'm always curious about, when people switch over to lefty, like how they do, but all right. Righty, it was righty, weird righty because, is for you. Yeah. It was kind of weird because, you know, my right hand's now under my left. So my right hand was kind of driving yeah. to the ball right. more than my left. So it, it was, it was a little different. Yeah. Um, awesome. So then you take over, then you take over the starter uh, starting role last year, this 2023 season. So I guess you're then like your first first year. Uh, I don't know. You're a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore. I guess they would say. Uh, and boom, mm-hmm. all American season right out of the gate. Uh, talk to me a little bit about about this season, if you could. Um, it was surreal. I mean, that was never what I thought. Uh, how my performance would be. Um, um, I, I didn't really have too much like. I know I have a lot, I have a high standard for myself, but I didn't have any expectations on um, getting awards or anything like that. Yeah. So it was kind of just a crazy experience when everything was happening. Um, it, yeah, it was unreal. I, I couldn't believe it. I still don't believe it, but yeah. yeah it's crazy. Well, congrats. Congrats on that. That's a really amazing accomplishment. I mean, not, you know, not many goalies make, you know, earn all American honors their, their first year, their freshman year. Um, so that's a great accomplishment. Yeah, Congrats. Thank what, you. You know, seasons are always sort of typically kind of like can have like peaks and valleys, right? Like I know when I played, you know, you'd, you'd be on a three game run and then, you know, two game slope, uh, two game, like, like downswing. And did, did that happen this season? And like specifically when you go on that downswing, like, how do you, how do you bring the girls and yourself back up? Um. Yeah, definitely. You know, my coaches are really big on like the game is just, a a run of highs and lows um and that there's always time on the clock um so definitely just don't get too hard on yourself if things aren't going your way in the beginning um that's definitely helps me just realizing that I can change how I am how I am playing just by my mindset um especially if like it's all not coming together my mind's in the right place but I'm not making the saves that I'm supposed to um it's always good to have those something to fall back on um, but then also like when things aren't going right, I think relying on your teammates um, to help you get to that place is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just controlling the controllables are super important, um, especially like if, if 
your defense is just breaking down, um, just focusing on one thing to change and then just focusing on that throughout the game and everything will come together eventually. Yeah. I've had a lot of sports psychologists, talked to a lot of sports psychologists uh, on this show. And like, it all it always goes back to that control the controllables, right? Like you can't really mm-hmm. control whether or not you make the save, right? Cause you can't control if the, if the, where the shots are going to come from and, and, you know, the level of shots that you're going to see, but you can certainly control your attitude. You can certainly control your effort, right? You can certainly control a lot of things that have to do with like, you know, your mental game. And so like, yeah, focusing on those is, is very key. That's like the key to being mentally tough. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah. You talked so you talk a lot about mindset and mindset training. Do you guys have like a sports psychologist that you work with at Drexel? Um, yeah, we did have a sports psychologist that we worked through, like we worked with as a team, but, um, I also saw her separately, um, just to try and advance my game. Um, just a little more, maybe, um, just to have a fallback if I'm not, you know, performing the way I think I should. Um, those were things that I could, um, go back to, um, and just try and change how I am playing. Yeah, what were you know control the controllables is probably one, but what were there some other lessons that that he or she he, he or she uh, taught you? Um, it was it was just like positive reinforcement, like positive mm. talk. Yeah, um, that's huge. You know, I did have like there'd be times where I like doubted myself, but she mm-hmm. would say, um, you know, you got here for a reason. You know, you didn't just get here for luck. You are, you are good. You can perform at this level. Um, and I think just reminding myself that that was helpful. And, you know, that was another tip that, you know, helped me as well as like um, also like grounding and like staying in the moment um, that also helped, you know, I, I tend to like start thinking of other things like, Oh no, what if I don't make this save? Oh no. What if I don't make this other save? You know, um, just staying present and just once again, one shot at a time, one save at a time. Yeah. Let's talk about that one real quick, because that happens to a lot of goalies. Some goalies call it, there's different names for it that some goalies use. A lot of goalies call it like getting into my own head, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But it is those exact thoughts that you just brought up. It's like, oh man, yeah. what if I do this? What if I do that? Do you have a, like when you start to notice yourself do doing that, do, is there some sort of like way you get yourself out of it? Or is it just like, all right, come on, snap out of it, be present. Is it just kind of saying that to yourself? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, you know, I do like a little shake out. You can tell mm, when I start to yeah. shake, like I'm just trying to like get it. like the jitters out. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get the jitters out. Um, and then, you know, when you do, sorry about that. Um, when you do start to like think of yourself, like getting crazy, um, for me, what works best is like realizing that the odds are against me again. And I think that's super helpful. Um, yeah, I, I think. Just just going back to, you know, grounding definitely works. Yeah, love it. And then the other one you mentioned, super important, is is uh, positive talk. Positive talk. That's such an important one because it's so easy as a lacrosse goalie to say like, oh man, I'm not good. Oh man, I can't say bounce shot. Oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then you start getting this negative talk track, and it like really you're really feeding your mind that bad information that garbage mm-hmm. right and so you got to feed your yeah feed your mind this positivity even like if it's not true like I would even be like I would yeah. start to build myself up to be like this this goalie with just this irrational confidence <laughs> like it came from nowhere I yeah. didn't do anything to deserve it and yet I feel like when I go out there that I could save anything and that's really you know what positive talk does I think yeah I think it's a mix of like fake it till you make it um, yeah. But then also like changing, I can't to I can and I will. Um, yeah. I think those are definitely helpful because, you know, subconsciously, if you keep telling yourself, I can't do this, I can't do that, you're never going to be able to really do it. Right. Um, and I think by just changing how you talk to yourself definitely helps um, you just be a better player all around. Yeah. Do you have any specific like mantras that you say to yourself? Um, I think it's, I have a couple. It's like, I can do this. Um, I will make this save. I am good. I am good enough to be here. Um, mm-hmm. I think reminding myself that uh, throughout the games is definitely helpful because, you know, when you do get scored on a couple times, you start to waver in your mindset. Yeah. Um, but just reminding yourself that you're here for a reason um, is really helpful. Yeah, yeah. 
Love that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's real for anybody that's made any sort of team, right? If you made the high school team and you're the starter, um, you're there for a reason, right? You're there for a reason. Yeah. No, no one else can be, uh, you know, even if you're the only goalie on the team, right? You give you, by you playing goalie, you give your team the best opportunity to win, not anybody else, right? So Absolutely. you're there for a yeah. reason. All right. I love that. Um, all right, cool. What about training? What about training? What is, you know, what is your guys' practices look like? What kind of drills do you like to do? Uh, what do you think really made you um, a great goalie? Um, I think consistency definitely has made me a, a better goalie. Um, right now, I work out about four to five days a week, um, just working through our summer packet. And then uh, I'll train weekly with like my goalie trainer uh, where we'll do footwork um, hand-eye coordination, um, we'll work with like the field stick or the little stick, um, mm -hmm. or he'll bring out the tennis or he'll bring out the tennis racket. Um, I think just seeing live shots is really helpful. Um, yeah. And then just like being repetitive and making sure that what you're doing is helping you to improve. Yeah. Right. High quality reps, what it's all about. I think it's what it's yeah. all about. I think, I think a lot of goalies email me looking for like new drills and I think at the end of the day, what they, what like, I don't know, what maybe like 90% of them need is just to get out there and see like a lot of shots, yeah, um, high agreed. quality shots, right. Controlled shots and just, just, you know, reps, reps, reps. So yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like what most goalies do though, is always use just lacrosse balls. But like, I find that when I use tennis balls, it, it helps me even more. Um, I think using tennis balls because it's a different kind of bounce. It's a different kind of speed. Um, I think that helps my game a lot. Using the tennis balls. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Or one of these, this is actually not a lacrosse ball. It's like a squishy, uh, it's like champion makes it. It's like a soft lacrosse ball. So it's kind of looks like mm. a lacrosse ball, but you can like push into yeah. it. So yeah. I mean, just, you know, not having there's no reason to use lacrosse balls if you're just taking like shots in a training session um no because you take one off the knee or the thigh or the or the shin or the shoulder or everyone's got yeah. their least favorite spot to get nailed and it's just yeah. like this sucks i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah it definitely right? is um cool and then in the gym are you what kind of is it weightlifting is it like more yeah what kind it's of a mix of both we yeah uh, we do bench, we use dumbbells, um, okay. do some deadlifts, um, chin-ups, you know, I feel like it's definitely just a full body, not just focusing on, um, just one part of your body. Yeah. And I think I read you're big into cardio, which kind of confuses me now that you said that you don't like to run. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think it's a different <laughs> kind of running. Okay. Um, there's, there's being in shape. And then for me, there's being in goalie shape. Um, it's not necessarily me being able to run a full field length. It's me being able to talk and move and being able to chase after a ball. If the ball goes wide, try to get my, the ball back for my team. But then also if I don't get the ball, having to be able to run back from the end line and reset for the next save and be able to make that save. Um, I think it's just like, it's right. just a lot sometimes like, you know, I'll still be definitely out of breath, but I think just training like that um, helps me in games. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, you don't have to be in the best shape. But yeah, I mean, you got to be able to sprint, do a couple sprints, and then still be able to yeah. keep it together. And I noticed that okay. I had a I had one game where I was playing really well. And then it was like two straight, I was like, back to back plays, I tried to chase one out, right? And I it was like two mm -hmm. sprints. I got I got I got yeah. super tired. And then I gave up a goal. And what happened was mm -hmm. I, I couldn't recover mentally because I was physically tired. My yep. mental game left me, right? So like normally yep. I'd be I'd be able to shake that off. And because I was physically tired, I lost it mentally. And so it's mm -hmm. all it's all related. And so yeah, I'm I'm yes. Goalies, we got we gotta be the best athletes out there, right? Yeah, agreed. All right. All right. Um, cool. Well, Jenica, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been tons of fun. Um, what what about this? See, if I had to make a, a Jenica save edit, um from one of the games this past season, what, what would, what would be your pick? What, what was the, what's the best game you think you had? Um, best game I think I had save percentage wise and just like feeling wise, mm -hmm. uh, was definitely my San Diego state game. Um, I don't know how I managed to do that, but, um, uh, I ended up having my highest save, uh, 
Hawks record and percentage throughout the whole season. And oddly enough, it was after they scored three on us back to back and we were down three. So yeah, it was definitely a surreal experience and my defense played great and they helped me so much. Um, and we ended up holding them scoreless for 55 minutes after that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing. All right. Let's, so talk to me about that. Cause you have, you give up three or four goals in a row and for a lot of goalies that can be like, Oh man, wheels are coming off the wagon, right? Like here we go. Yeah. Um, and yet you recover and 17 saves uh, on five goals against that's, that's insane. How, how did you, mm -hmm. how did you recover? Um, so after the three was scored, um, my coach called a timeout. And in yeah. that timeout, I had time to, you know, think about what I was doing wrong. But then I also had time to go over to my defensive coach. Um, and then also the, my assistant coach who works with me, you know, just asking, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm. am I overstepping? Am I not being patient enough? Um, and then sometimes, you know, she'll just tell me, like, these are just good shots. But, you know, even she was like, you're just you're just a little behind. That's all. Like you just need to be a little bit more aggressive. And I was like, okay, done. Like, that's what I'll do. And then, um, as then I went back to my defense and I was like, you know what, like we're letting them run us instead of us dictate what we want them to do. Mm. And as soon as that happened, we got back on the field step foot and we started playing our defense, our true defense, which was, you know, having each other's back, communicating to each other and forcing the shots that we want to see and that I want to see. So um, I think just having a little time to yourself and just to reflect on what went wrong for a second and then being ready to just, you know, forget all about that and just have like a new game, fresh start. That was super helpful with us. That's so interesting. So interesting. Yeah. I know a lot of goalies would not react well to like, what am I doing? Right. Like trying to get that in-game, in-game coaching, mm -hmm. which just goes to show you like every single goalie is different, right? Some goalies like want to hear yeah. that and they want to know what's going on like, like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a mix because I definitely sometimes when I'm already down on myself, I don't need um, right. a coach, you know, already telling me that I'm missing this, missing that. Right. Step, I need step like to the support like, to be yeah, listed. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's exactly it. So I think right. just having a coach that can adapt to you and know what you need best is, is super helpful to your game. Yeah. When I've coached goalies, like from the sideline, like my strategy has typically been like, you're the, you're sort of a cheerleader and like a rah-rah guy mm -hmm. during the game. And, and I am taking notes about like, you know, the technical right. things that they're doing wrong. But, but typically I would say for most goalies, like giving them that level of feedback in the game. It's just like way too much. And then they start thinking no, yeah. about it, but, um, yeah, hey, you whatever play works. your best when you don't think. Yeah. You play your best totally. when you don't think. Totally. Um, all right. We'll have to do a save edit of that game. The other goalie had 19 saves. This is crazy. That, that's yeah. like a goalie battle right yeah. there. Huh? She's a great goalie. Yeah, she really is. She was, eat she was eating everyone up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. What a, what a goalie battle. Okay. Um, Awesome. So what do you got in terms of goals for next season? Um, I definitely don't think it has, I, I wouldn't have any goals set on like where I would hope my performance takes me in awards wise. Yeah. Um, I think just staying true to myself um, and just playing the player I have been um, and just realizing that, you know, I can always improve. Um, I think goals for next year is just coming in as a leader again. Um, you know, uh, I said this in one of my meetings, but um, I can always improve on things. So I feel like goal-wise, I'd love to communicate even more. I think that would be mm -hmm. super helpful for my defense. Um, and then, you know, I can always work on my mental aspect. Um, I think that's always that always can be improved. And then uh, lastly, I do have a tendency to, when I'm like turning, um, I drop my hands. So I think that's super important for me to work on um, yeah. in this upcoming season um, and just getting, you know, my mind, my body, right. Um, and, you know, hopefully we have a great, another great season. Yeah. Well, I hope that too. I hope that too. I, I want to talk about your leadership style a little bit. Cause I, I think I read somewhere that like, you're sort of a shy res uh, reserved person, right. And, and not sort of the yeah. loud boisterous goalie, but talk to me about how, you know, you can be that way and then also be a leader. Yeah, so I'm definitely like not the person 
I mean, I can be, but it's just not who I really am to, you know, be super vocal off the field. Um, you know, I'm really close with all my teammates. Um, that has nothing to do with just like how much I talk though. You know, I am more of a player that um, would rather lead by example on the field um, and, you know, put all of my heart into them and my performance um, and let that speak for itself. Um, I think just by working hard, they'll seem to just uh, respect you a little more, um, your drive for the team and your play. I think that's a super helpful way um, to get them to respect you and to show that you're a leader on the field. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I think you can be a leader both ways, right? Like you can be that, mm -hmm. that shy, reserved person. And in many ways, when you are that type, like when you do actually speak up and say something, it carries a lot more weight because they're like, yes. oh, wait a minute, like Jenica's like saying something like yeah. we need to we need to pay attention as opposed to someone who's yeah, always definitely. like always talking and always doing that. You might drown that person out mm -hmm. um, from time to time. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I got that speaks for itself, I think. <laughs> right. Um. Cool. What about the stick setup? What 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 stick do you use? Um, I'm using currently. I'm using the Warrior Nemesis three head um, with an ECD shaft um, and my makeshift tape that's turning brown and black. <laughs> I just keep wrapping it on top of each other. Um, but <laughs> yeah, with all my sweat and everything. But yeah, where my hands are supposed to be. Okay, so you got you got a piece of tape at the top and then a piece of tape mm -hmm. uh, um, where on my bottom, butt. where your bottom hand goes. Yeah, and then I also have it. Yeah, I have both. So I have, I have it on the top where just to have extra grip around where my thumb would be around the head, yeah. and then on the middle. Yep, on the and, middle. And where, and like right, like right here on the shaft where where your bottom hand goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you uh, yep. like when you set up? I I don't have an ME three here. I have one. I have one in. I don't have it here. Oh wait, no, that's QS. Okay. Uh, do you set up like with the top hand, like sort of gripping the plastic, or are you kind of like touching touching the plastic? No, I'm gripping the plastic. Gripping. I feel okay. like I have more, yeah, I feel like I have um, more durability, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like if I were to hold it a little lower, the head would turn on a shot or right. I just feel like I have more, better grip on where on the plastic. That's what a lot of people say who use that. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, I learned on the on the Eclipse, on the original Eclipse, which has like such a mm -hmm. wide throat right here. That's like if you're gripping it, it's like way out here. So I I play right here personally. Right but now, these these yeah. this is this is a uh, this is an impact head. They're just so nice, like they're just so grippable and they feel really cool. So yeah, yeah, they and, look nice. Yeah, and do you and do you string up your own heads or does someone else do that? No, so um, my goalie trainer for the past uh, six or seven years, I've just always had him um string my stick so even when i'm at school uh, i'll send my head back with my mom and he'll string it and then she'll bring it back up <laughs> nice. for me nice yeah he just he just knows what i like and i don't have to explain it he just does it the way i like it and it works perfect for me yeah and i've seen a couple uh i've seen a couple picks looks like he put he puts a pretty good sized bag in there huh it's pretty deep yeah uh i i tend to punch with my hands so if it's not deep the ball will just rebound immediately yeah. Um, just to limit rebounds. I, I like to have a deeper pocket to play with as well. I like it. I like it. The only drawback of that is it can sometimes be trickier to throw. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes it'll, it'll bag out the more I use my, my stick, um, yeah. it'll tend to bag out, but I normally just, um, take in the bottom of it. I'll just restring it and pull it in. So it yeah. makes it a little more shallow. Love it. All right. Yeah. Um, Jenica, I'm starting a campaign. Um, to allow women's lacrosse goalies to score goals. Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't see anyone saying no to that. Uh, yeah. Except the rules committee. Um, well, for some yeah, reason, but yeah, I don't think I don't any goalie would agree. Yeah. I think all the goalies are going to agree. Um, yeah. It's just like, I don't feel like, like, I don't feel like the pocket of a goalie's stick gives you that much of an unfair advantage because it's just so like, it's so yeah. heavy, right? It's so big that, it's yeah, so you, heavy, but even if we were to get checked, the ball still comes out when we do get checked. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So good points. All good points to submit to the committee. <laughs> um, all right, Jenica, like I said, good luck in the upcoming season. Um, if you had to leave the goalies out there with a final piece of advice, what would that be? Um, I would just say just have fun. That is like 
the most important piece to having like playing lacrosse. Um, I think just enjoying every practice, every game, um, every even team dinner. Um, that is really just enjoy the little things in the sport. And don't worry too much about the big things. Janica, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Jenica. Awesome story. Awesome to see her success. Uh, just a redshirt sophomore, so a lot of more seasons. And she was, like I mentioned, an honorable mention, All-American, great season with Drexel. The Drexel Dragons. I think the second Drexel goalie that I've interviewed on this show, Ross Blumenthal, would be the, the uh, other Drexel goalie. We'll have to see what episode that was. Drexel, Ross, Blumenthal, some podcasters know all the episodes off the top of their head. I don't know how they do that. We're at episode 222. Uh, you're going to want to go to episode number 132 with Ross Blumenthal. Ross Blumenthal, that was a great one. Uh, another Drexel goalie. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Jenica. She's awesome, full of energy, awesome, awesome points, awesome tips in that show. If you want to get some lacrosse goalie training, I recommend you join the Lax Goalie Rat Academy. It's my own private training community. It's just 40 bucks a month, and there are thousands of hours of video, video-based training inside that camp. You get drills. You get mindset training. There's training for parents. There's training from the great Tillman Johnson. So many good training videos on every aspect of the game, right? Stance and save movement and all the technique all the mental game stuff, all the physical stuff that you need, all the lacrosse IQ stuff, a lot of save breakdowns. We cover really every topic. It's an amazing training resource. And like I said, it's just 40 bucks a month. So head on over to laxgoldyrat.com slash camp. That's laxgoldyrat.com slash camp. And you can get joined into that. Hope to see you in on the inside, laxgoldyrat.com slash camp. That'll do it this week. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 